Ooh, a step of the... All right, well, welcome back to A Step Further. Uh, this week, we're diving into a series that I've created called The Days of Noah. So what this is based on is in Matthew 24, Jesus says, he talks about his uh, all the things that are going to be going on in the world, and he talks about how you know, there's going to be trials and tribulations, and there's going to be, uh, you're going to be handed over, there's going to be division, there's going to be all these things going on. But then they begin to ask him, like, well, what's it going to be like when you come back? And he goes, he essentially tells them that it's going to be like the days of Noah when he returns. And so what that means is that it's going to look like the days of Noah, it's going to feel like the days of Noah. And he went on to say, you know, people ate, they drank, uh, men and women, they were getting married. All of these things were taking place right up to the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the problem with that is the reason why God was, was destroying the earth to begin with. And so we, we dove into Genesis. We actually looked at the days of Noah and it's in Genesis 6. We talked about how, you know, people were... God, when he looked at the world, it was so corrupt. It was so uh, lawless. It was so chaotic. It was everybody... The Bible says that everyone, all living things, have turned away from God. Um, and then it talks about who all was there. In Genesis 6, it talks about the Nephilim were there. And it talks about how the sons of God came in and found daughters of men and made them their own wives, which was against what God wanted. And these women gave birth from, so the angels, when they had their way with these women, uh, the women gave birth to these giants, these warriors. And uh, essentially, you know, these guys sort of began to rule the earth in a way. Um, They kind of took over too. And So all these things are taking place, and God goes, this whole world is corrupt. I can't strive with man for more than 120 years, any more than 120 years. Now, there's a little bit, I'm going to dive into this, and I didn't say this Sunday, but there's a little bit of of a prophetic nature to that. And And it kind of, you have to go and you have to understand the Hebrew calendar, number one, um, and and not really the Hebrew, I guess that's a bad way to put it, but not really the Hebrew calendar so much as the uh, biblical Hebrew calendar. So the things that God set up, the things that God had put in place, and these are all, you guys, God didn't put them in place for that moment in time. He says throughout the generations forever. And so when we recognize what God wants us to recognize for the rest of generation, then we kind of begin to understand the character of God. We begin to understand why he put these things in place. And he actually kind of reveals so much more in those timelines, in those um, holidays or holy days, what we would call them holy days. And so like Passover and Pentecost, uh, first fruits, and then Pentecost, and then Feast of Trumpets, and then the Day of Atonement, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. Those are all Jewish holidays that are actually biblical holidays, the things that were set up. And then there were all these other things like a Sabbath year. So every seventh year, they were to have a Sabbath year where the whole they didn't farm, they didn't do anything. Like they took a whole year off and let the, the land rest because they were farmers. Um. We talk, and this could be a whole nother sermon, you guys, really, and, and I could dive into that and what that was all about. But for the sake of tonight and kind of keeping it real, um, 
one of the things that he talked about was jubilee years. So every 50 years uh, was a jubilee year. And so God says in this, here's, here's a prophetic thing. So God says, I'm not going to strive with man for more than 120 years. Now, he, I believe that he was talking literally to Noah. I think he was saying, you know what, 120 years from this point, uh, it's just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm wiping, I'm wiping uh, everybody off the face of the earth. Noah, it's time for you to build an ark. And so Noah begins to build his ark. And I don't know how long it took him, to be honest. I, I think that there's evidence out there, and there might even be scripture. Um, I don't remember offhand how long it took him to build the ark. I know that he was like 600 and something when he entered into the ark, which is crazy. Uh, and we talked about that Sunday. Like, you're thinking this. Like, the Bible says that God's, God told Noah it's going to be him his wife, his sons, and their wives that are going to enter the ark. Now, listen, if Noah is 600 and some years old, I'm thinking, you know, my parents are 60 whatever years old, and I have a brother who has a daughter. So my my parents have a granddaughter. Um, there are people I know who are 70, 80, 90, whatever. Their, their grandkids have kids. So these guys have great grandkids. I mean, it's just, that's just how it goes. So you know that if you're 600 and some, there's the likelihood, the strong likelihood that your kids have kids at the very least. If not, your kids have kids who have kids who probably have kids because again, you're 600 years old. But that's not, I don't, that's not in the Bible, but I'm thinking it just goes to show you, and we talked about this, it just goes to show you how close to home it really hits that if there were grandkids and and you know great grandkids and great great grandkids and whatever that these guys were not allowed on the ark that they were part of the corrupt so you have to think man how close to home is this that it's noah who is 600 and some years old his wife and his sons and their wives and they're going to repopulate the whole earth again when by the time this flood is done and so by the time the flood's done uh you know the waters have receded and they start to you know get into the lands that are theirs and and that's a whole other story as to what happened there but um the the land was divided out and amongst the the sons and anyway by the time they get in their lands then they're going to repopulate the whole earth again so I mean, you have that going for you, and and you're thinking, gosh, Noah's 600 years old. What in the world? Noah's 600 years old, and his kids have to be, who knows, 500 or better. And so you think, man, okay, if that's the case, and these guys are populating here, this is how close to home it it hits, and... um, there's a huge responsibility there. And then not only that, but God says all living things. So not every animal gets to live uh, because even sin was amongst animals. And and there are reasons why you guys... So this is something I can't really say on in a Sunday morning service because it's a little bit... It's a little bit too maybe risque or whatever. But the, you have to know that there were men who were having sexual relations with animals. 
there were probably angels who were having sexual relations with animals. I, I don't know that part for a fact, but I do know that there were men who were having sex with animals. And you think that's disgusting, but they didn't know any better. Or if they did, they were just chasing after their own lustful desires. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. You could you could really go into why, and, and I don't need to go into why. The point is, is that it was happening, and the point is it was an abomination to the Lord. And he's looking and he's going, you know what, this, this world has gotten so, so corrupt. So we read in Genesis, um, and we talked about in Matthew 24, where Jesus talks about it's going to be like the days of Noah. So that's what the days of Noah look like to the Lord. But yet the problem was is that these guys were thinking, you know, we're just going about our daily business. Or even if there were, there were people who were pretty good, honorable people, whether they believed or not in the Lord. I mean, we know people out there like that. They're, they're good and, and, you know, honest people, but it doesn't mean that they believe in God. Um, there were probably good people out there who were going, no, I ain't going to be doing what they're doing with animals, you know, or... Uh, you know, I, I'm not violent. I'm not corrupt like that. I, like, I don't have a heart for that kind of a thing. You know, so I, I don't believe that every single person was like that, but their hearts were not turned towards the Lord. And so the Lord, you know, and again, we we know people like that. They're good people, but yet their hearts are not turned towards the Lord. And so what happens with that? And and so the idea is that, and I'm going to save some of this teaching for uh, probably not next week, but the following week in in the series in the in the days of Noah. But um, you know, so you, you're going okay. So all of these people, they they have all of these different things going on. Some are very violent. Some are, are murdering. Some are adultering. Um, if that's a verb, I don't even know. Uh, some are you know doing abominable things with animals and some, you know, all these crazy things are happening on this world, but yet the most of the people have just accepted it as the norm. They become so desensitized. It says people ate and drank and men and women married right up to the point that Noah got on the ark. They didn't know it was coming. The floods came and it wiped the whole earth away. So, um, you know, you're, you're reading that and you're going, okay, wow, crazy. So in God's eyes, the world had become abominable. And then in man's eyes, yeah, the, well, things got bad, but it just became a, a, a normal, active part of living. Nothing was happening. you know. And I have this sneaky suspicion that there were people out there who just became so complacent, probably believers even, or people who once believed in the Lord who, go, who went, man, God ain't doing nothing about this. And so if this is just going to be normal life, this is how it's going to go, then, you know, whatever. Then this is how it's going to go. And we might as well just eat, drink, and be merry and, and continue on. I have a feeling that there were people who were so complacent that they went, God ain't coming back. Man, they've been saying God's coming for years, and it ain't happening. I have a feeling that that's going on today in today's society. I mean, look around. There's violence, there's mayhem, there's chaos, there's uh, murder, adultery, there's, I mean, you name it. And then we have kind of just opened the floodgates for our sinful nature and, and chasing after our own desires that I fear that what's happening is it's becoming a normal part of life. 
and we're just kind of accepting it. We're becoming so desensitized to it. And I don't think that that's the answer, obviously. I mean, I think that we want to go, ah, I don't want to be panicky about it. I don't want to have anxiety about this. So I'm just going to accept it for what it is and and move on. And then I think that there are those believers out there who are going, man, they've been saying Jesus is coming for years. Where is this Jesus? Where is Jesus in my life? You know, where is Jesus in this world today? Or why is God allowing all this crazy stuff to happen? And and there's just so many questions surrounding the Lord, and it's I, it's crazy. So I think that there are people out there like that too. You know, we didn't talk about that Sunday, but I really fear and I really feel like that there are people out there who have just kind of threw their hands up and went, I give, I give up. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. I don't know how to pray. Um, Things are just getting worse. And I just, I give up, I give up. I want to encourage you, right? I'm going to take this moment right now and encourage you. If you're one of those people who are just, have just thrown your hands up in the air and went, I just don't know. I just don't know. I can't, we can't deal with this anymore. I just want to encourage you not to give up. It's it's probably in this moment that big things are coming. Whether or not Jesus is coming back in this moment is I can't say that for for because the Bible says nobody knows the days, nobody knows the hours, whatever. They can know uh, the seasons. In fact, Jesus Jesus came hard on the Pharisees and he he came down hard on them and he said, you know. You ask for signs, you ask for signs and wonders, and you know this. This is a wicked generation. He says, first of all, he says you can interpret the skies, so you can look at at night and you can see that the sky's red, and you can know that it's going to be fair weather. You can get up in the morning or, or, or one morning and look at the sky and know that it's cloudy and that the skies are red, and you can go. There's a storm coming. And you know that old saying, um, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in the morning, sailors heed warning. And you know that's what Jesus was saying. You can interpret all that. You can know that. You can know this and that. But you can't see the seasons. You can't see the time that you're in. You can't see where you're at in, in history. And so I think that there is... a. a uh, a way for us to know seasons. I think there's a way for us to know sort of the the kind of the sign of the times that we're in. And I think it's easy to see that these days are very much like the days of Noah. And it's kind of become a free-for-all. And listen, guys, this is not... Uh, it used to be that we would... Anything that would happen in America, then we would think, well, it's going to be the end of the world because, you know, America's just going to crap. And... And but the you look around and you go, well, the rest of the world's not kind of following this trend. But now, you guys, the rest of the world is just as bad as America. We've in in their ways, they've all opened the door, and it's become like the days of Noah. And God, you have to know that God is looking down on this world and going, "Gosh, this is a corrupt world." So He tells Noah. He says, listen, I am, I'm, I'm not striving with man any longer than 120 years. Now, I want to jump back to I told you that there was a, a, a deeper meaning to that, because, and you would have to understand the biblical Hebrew calendar. So what is that deeper meaning? What does that look like? 
And it, it all happens to be about jubilee years. So a jubilee year happened every 50 years, and it was a time where God would would um, kind of, he would release everything, you know, release the yoke and the burdens on, on his people. And so people who were in debt, debts were paid off, debts were, were released, they were, people ended up being debt-free. Um, the land was a thing, too, that land went back to its rightful owner. Um, slaves even were set free. I mean, it was just all sorts of things that were taking place each, every 50 years. So they would they would have a jubilee year, then they would count 49 years, and then there would be on the 50th year another jubilee year. And when you read the Bible, and Noah says, I'm, or God says to Noah, I'm striving with man for 120 years, the, there's a deeper meaning, too, that that God was saying, and, and it has to do with the Jubilee years, 120 Jubilee years, that I am striving with man. And so we're kind of, if you do 120 times 50, because it would be 120 Jubilee years, so 120 times 50 is 6,000, okay? And you think, okay, 6,000 years from that time, from from the time of Noah. We're talking Noah and and um, the whole flood and all that stuff probably took place within the first 1,000 years of mankind. So from Adam to Noah, you're looking at a, probably roughly 1,000 years. And in all reality, um, we've kind of reaching, from that time of, of Noah till now, we're reaching that 6,000 year mark. So I don't, not, not trying to scare you, but it just kind of seems like it's culminating. Like every, the history is repeating itself. Uh, we're, we've reached that 6,000 year mark or we're reaching it. And nobody really knows. Uh, the calendars have been, because listen, when they went into exile in, in Babylon, uh, the calendar changed when they went into um, when when the Romans, the Greeks, and the Romans, and all those you know, all the calendars changed again. So there's been confusion as to to where we actually really are. Um, if you look at a Jewish calendar today, we're in the year fifty. I don't remember fifty fifty seven something, or maybe even fifty eight now. Uh, so uh, another 200 years, but, but it's thought that that calendar is about a hundred and some years off anyway. So we don't know. Nobody knows. It could be sooner, you know, 6,000 years could be, you know, next year, 6,000 years could be 200 years from now. It doesn't matter what, what I'm saying is, is it kind of, it's interesting how it's culminating and everything kind of looks like the days of Noah again. So I want to bring us back into the scripture again and, uh, this is how Luke also records it, and he records it in the 17th chapter. Only in this chapter, it's, it's the Pharisees are asking Jesus when the kingdom of God will come. And he says, the kingdom of God does not come with visible signs, nor will people be able to say, look, here it is, or over there, because you see the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see even one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will say to you, look right here or see over there. Don't run off. Don't follow them because the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning that flashes and lights up the sky from one horizon to the other. But First, he must endure horrible suffering and be rejected by this generation. 
Also at the time of the Son of Man, it will be just as it was at the time of Noah. People ate and drank, and men and women married right up until the day Noah entered the ark. The flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the time of Lot, people ate and drank, bought and sold, planted and built. But the day of, of Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur. The day that Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It's how it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, if someone is on the roof with his belongings in his house, he must not go down to take them away. Similarly, if someone's in the field, he must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever aims at preserving his own life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will stay alive. I tell you, on the night that there will be, there will be two people in one bed, one will be taken and the other left behind. There will be two women grinding grain together. One will be taken, the other left behind. Now catch this. And this is going to be for, again, for not next week, but the following week. Uh, this is important. This is Luke 17, verse 37. So they asked him, well, where, Lord? And he answered. So what they're saying is, where, where will these people be taken? And so the, he answers, wherever there's a dead body, that's where the vultures gather. Wherever there's a dead body, that's where the vultures gather. So it's interesting because... Um, God is telling, or Jesus is telling, Jesus is God, well, you know, whatever. But he's telling everybody what it's going to look like. This is the sign. This is the season you can know. Things are ramping up. Things are revving up when you see these things happening. And in all reality, you guys, I mean, every it's again, it's interesting how things are culminating. So this lawlessness is taking place. We have all this happening. Uh, I'm telling you that... It's time to be prepared. And what I want is if if you're not prepared, man, if you don't even know Jesus, if you're listening to this podcast and you go, you know, I go to church every Sunday. I say that I'm a Christian, but my weekly life, my daily life during the week, just it doesn't really reflect it. It's just not my thing. Uh, but maybe this message is kind of getting to you going, I don't want to lose my life. Like, I don't want to be that guy who gets... In a, in a place where he's taken with the flood, only in this case he's taken with the fire. You know, I don't want to be that guy. If you're that person, you know, or I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that, that lady who is in the, in the field and one is taken and one is, is, is left behind. I don't want to be the one who's taken to a place where it's bad. If you're that person, then I want to, I want to reach out to you and I want to say, listen, now's the time. Now is the time to, to say yes to Jesus. Now is the time. It's, it's, now is the time to say yes to Jesus because you don't know when he's coming back. And look, if I'm wrong about Jesus and Jesus ain't really the son of God and he's not the Messiah and you go, well, Jesus seemed like he was a great guy, but you know, if I'm wrong, then, then I'm wrong. But if I'm right, I think the point is this that if I'm wrong, I've got nothing to lose. But if I'm right, I have everything to gain. So I would rather be on the winning team. I'd rather be on the gain team. So I pray that this message has helped you. Um, I just made supper. So I'll be honest with you. My supper is ready in three, two, one. There it goes. You hear that beep in the background. So I'm going to get off here now. But I hope that 
I hope that this message again was something that was meaningful to you. Um, I hope that it brought some sort of clarity to you. And I pray to God, I pray to God that you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you haven't already. I love you in the Lord, and I'll talk to you Sunday, 930. If you're not going to join in, uh, come in at 930 on Facebook Live. We'll be there, and we hope to see you either way.